Okay, welcome back to the ninth episode of In the Change Room, made just for you by Bright Rock. I am Kaunda Ntunja, and I'm joined by a regular guest from Supersport.com, Johan Kutsia, uh, as well as Bath, British and Irish Lions, and England legend Jeremy Gusket. Uh, greetings, gentlemen. Hello, Kaunda. Hi, Kaunda. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, I think I'll start with you. Please do. 1991, you played in that final, didn't you? I did. Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> Start Aust- on a really happy note. <laughs> Australia you. against uh, England. And the rumours that came out from, from that tournament was England changed the way that they played in the final. Is that true? And why did you guys decide to do that? It is true, yeah. Uh, the powers that be, the coach, Jeff Cook, and the uh, the captain at the time, Will Carling, and the, the kind of senior players, Brian Moore, Rob Andrew, uh, and that ilk kind of um, just got together and said, yeah, th- let's make a change. And I was, uh, what, I, I'd got first captain in 1989, so I was a relatively newcomer. And we were going to go from a really boring South African type of game to a real mm. uh, attract, open, attractive New Zealand style And as a three-quarter, as an as a, a outside centre, I was like, bring it on, lovely. Can't wait to get more ball. But that was a naive youngster speaking because the reality is you should never change halfway through a tournament. You should never change right at the very end because what's got you there, you have to stick by your guns and go, right, this is good enough for us to win a, a Rugby World Cup. And it probably would have been, but we'll never know. We did change. Australia came, played. It was still a very tight game. It was 12-6, I think they won. Um, but I, as, as, a, as a human being, I really enjoyed the final. I really enjoyed being given past the ball, which was a rarity back then. Mm. Uh, and we lost, so be it. But that, hey, that sport. Yeah. Well, staying with the competition theme, our Castle Supporters Jersey giveaway has produced four more winners. So last week we asked in Uwamba Nobani, who did Johan pick as his player from an eliminated team? And it was, of course, Kurtley Beal. So our winners are Lesha Moodley, Matomenjane, Michaela Thomas, and Gavin Hoffman. Congratulations to those listeners. Now you too can still be a winner. We're giving away eight jerseys in this episode. So listen out for this week's question later in the show. Are we... Johan, uh, can uh, we enter? I don't think so, but I'd love to. <laughs> Hi, my name is Sabela Sanatla. I'm Paul True. Hi, I'm Carl Brown. And, and you're listening, listening to In, in the, the Change Room. So Jeremy, having played obviously in that final... And then also having played for the British Lions in very tight series as well. Yeah. Um, in terms of the feeling, what's a big difference to you in terms of a feeling between playing in a World Cup final or playing in a British Lions series where it's one all and now you're on the, on the third test? Yeah, big games, but very different environments and very different players. With the Lions, you've got so many cultures coming together, but on the back of five or six weeks, you become one team mm. with one ambition, one goal, and that's to beat the opposition in front of you. Uh, and it's, it's like being in the schoolyard when you were kids, you know? You, there, was a few, there was one gang here, one gang there, one gang right over there, and that was Scotland, Ireland, and Wales. Mm. And we were here, England, and somehow you've got to come together and say, look, let's get rid of our differences. There's one massive gang over there that we all need to beat up. Let's come together, pool our resources, and get the job done. And that's what the Lions is about with England. 
there's a different kind of culture that uh, even in Rugby World Cup, people seem to resent England for some reason. I don't know why. Because I, I, I've only known English. I'm English. It's, that's who I play yeah. for. But there's a kind of, I don't know, it's a jealousy, a resentment. Uh, you know, you have this money, you have this resource, but we're flesh and blood. Uh, so the, in the final that I played in the semi-finals, part of the quarter-final, the big game is you look around that change room before you go out and you have that belief. I look at players and go, right, we're on. We can win this game. We've worked really hard throughout this tournament. The training's gone well. You are some of the best players in the world. You've proven that by the way you've played. Let's go out there and make that mistake, the, the, the statement. Let's go out there and do what we're capable of doing. So it's more when you're building up to that final, world, final week and the moments before you go out, it's a massive mental preparation. You can't do anything more physically. You can't get any fitter. It's how you are in your head, how mentally stable and prepared and honest you can be with yourself and go out there. And we saw that in the semi-final from England. I've always said of any good team, if you play, if every single player plays eight out of 10, if you can mark yourself eight out of 10, just imagine how well the opposition have got to play to beat you. And that's what happened in the semi-final. And I've always believed that throughout, when, whenever I've played, as a youngster, as an older person, a more experienced person, if we can go out there and deliver individually 8 out of 10, we will more than likely win this game. Yeah, it's um, quite interesting in that, in that England-New Zealand game how, if you look at the stats, all the attack stats are slanted towards the All Blacks, but the main attack stat that goes towards the English is, um, carries over the gain line. The English um, went, were by far ahead of, of, of New Zealand in terms of that. Johan, second time that we're meeting England in the World Cup final. Yeah. Where were you in 2007? I was working, as I will be on Saturday. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I'm, doing, I'm managing the, the live coverage for, for .com. Yeah. Uh, same thing I was doing in 07. So unlike everyone else, I can't really enjoy it until afterwards, <laughs> which is the one, you know... <laughs> Working in sport is a dream job, but yeah, not not when it comes to World Cup finals. But yeah, no, I've got got the party afterwards. It it's mm. it's fine now. And 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 just watching that that semi final, I must say, against uh, against Wales, probably the worst game of rugby I've seen at this World Cup. Uh, now I've watched I watched Uruguay play, I watched Georgia play, I watched. Probably the worst, just in terms of a spectacle, in terms of running rugby and all of that, probably the worst, but obviously the result we got. Um, how are you feeling just watching that semi-final against Wales? Um, I don't think we care that much whether we're yeah. entertained or not. We're plenty entertained to be in the, in the World Cup final. Um, and it's not as, as if Wales was trying to make it a very open, runny game either. Uh, we were both in it with the same exactly. kind of plan and we played, we came out on top, that's the way it was. It is, uh, for us, I don't know if we'll do it in the final again, but for us it was, we didn't want mistakes, we wanted to play in their half and wait for their mistakes and, and capitalise on that. It, it worked against Japan, it's worked again against Wales. I don't know about England, we'll have to wait and see for that. Mm. Now, uh, Jeremy, so... <laughs> you sound so disappointed about that <laughs> South African Wales no, game. I, you, know, you know what? I'm surprised I, you stayed awake long enough to watch it. <laughs> I, yeah, I was, I was disappointed. Okay, I, I don't know if what disappoints me is our style of play or our execution of that style of play. Doesn't winning override all that? I love winning. Make no mistake. I love the fact that we're in the final, um, especially for this country. 
with the captain that we've got and everything that we've gone through, I think it's quite important that we won and it's quite important that we win the final. But, yeah, just as a spectacle, um, I'm you trying to, to... Forget the spectacle. You have to forget sure. the spectacle. When it comes to sport, when it comes to life, when it comes to business, yeah. we're all in it to win it. Okay, we don't want to be selfish and we don't want it all to be ourselves, but sport is about winning. It's, mm. And clearly, even in a country like South Africa, win first, everything else comes afterwards. Sure. So you have to be selfish. As a sportsman, I had to be selfish in my training, the time I committed to be able to, be, to go out there and, and play a game of rugby. Um, get over the fact that it was a boring game. Embrace that South Africa won or in the final. Mm. Now, talking about that spectacle, there's, there were interviews following that semi-final, Johan, and Warren, Warren Gatlin was asked a question. Warren, in your opinion, do you think South Africa can go all the way? Uh, yeah, they've got the physicality to, to, uh, um, to, to match England. You know, England I thought England were outstanding last night, so yeah, they've, they've got a very good chance. Uh, they might need to be a bit more expensive in terms of um, the way they want to play because they had a very um, pretty simple game plan tonight. Do you agree or disagree with Warren? Should Rusty stick to his guns 100% or should he change one or two things? I think, um, let's go back to what uh, Jeremy did in 91. You can't make any dramatic changes at this close to a final. But uh, it's not as if we've been preparing for this boring kind of game plan for, since Rusty took over. We've scored some spectacular tries. And I think we will be prepared, especially if we were to go down by, let's say, 10 points early in the match. Then you don't have a choice. You, you've mm. got to have to open up. And I think we've, got the, we've got, got the skills to do it, whether that'll be our first plan. And I, I don't think we'll, we'll spread the ball if we're leading. That, that's a catch-up plan that we'll do. I don't think we have to try and win this game by scoring five tries, just be in the lead. Mm. We've seen in the previous World Cup, sometimes uh, teams play their final and semi-finals and then don't always... Uh, turn up for a final, uh, so it'll be interesting to see what uh, how England are next week. And uh, but uh, I think it should be a good game. Well, guys, can you just send my best wishes to Warren and make sure he enjoys the third and fourth playoff? <laughs> Jeremy, how do you feel about Eddie Jones? Yeah. The, the way he is, how he handles media and everything. Uh, I'm hot and cold on him, I think, just with his statements. Sometimes he's funny, sometimes he's just a pain in the backside. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he can come out. I, I don't like it when he criticises opposition players. But for me, that's a no-no. Any head coach of any country sh should just stick to talking about his own, not, not criticise, get personal with opposition. And he's done that a couple of times, which is wrong. But when he comes out with cracks and that are funny, that we that globally we find funny. I think that's great. He, he's got a good habit of deflecting everything on him rather than the attention going to the players. But it's got to be clever, smart stuff. Mm. Don't, don't say what is exactly wrong in that um, oh, we're playing South Africa. They're not very strong, are they? You know, those are the sort of clangy things he could possibly say. But mm. through his experience, he, you know, hopefully he won't drop the ball this week saying silly things like that. But he can say silly things. So in the majority, I'm like everybody else. When it's funny, it's really funny. But when it's ridiculously dumb, it's embarrassing. And even as if you, were, if I was playing for him, in your head you'd be going, Eddie, it's so silly. Why did you say it? So mm. even he knows he makes mistakes. And sometimes he's taking himself at the firing line. You know, he said, right, you, you assistant coaches, you, you, you go in and speak to me because I know I might just, you know, throw in the hand grenade and it's really going to affect the way the team play. So he, 
he's experienced. He knows when he's on form and he knows when he's off form. And this week so far, but we're only Wednesday, he's not made any mistakes. <laughs> yeah, we're still waiting for the next yeah. the next interview. Um, is, is there not like a lot of Mourinho in him? Um, uh, look, look at, no, I don't believe there is. I don't think that Mourinho, for me, goes to team A, B, C, D, plays exactly the same way. He buys in players to play Mourinho's way. I actually do believe Eddie buys into what the culture of the country is. So when he was in Australia, got to the final in 2003, mm. they embraced the way they played, which was quite calculated. They weren't very good in the set piece back then, so they liked to play. It was the beginning of what they were going to do and what they led to 1999 with McKenzie and that really thought-out, um, structured game of rugby, and Australia continued that. With Japan, he embraced the culture there, didn't he? Got yeah. them fitter, got them stronger, got their skill set higher. And when he came to England four years ago, he said, right, I'm going to embrace what England are all about. It's a set piece. Scrum, line out, and kicking. And eventually, we've gone round the houses to get there. But here at this Rugby World Cup, in, these, in the game against uh, Argentina and in, and in these knockout stages, it has been a set piece, kick, chase, defend. And he's added a bit of Australian, Japanese colour that's on the back of Wise Mantle, I think, in the attacking shape that England now have. And I think they're an all-court team. I think they're very close to 2003 team in that you can defend, attack, kick, chase. You can play all sorts of games because you have the talent and the, and the ability in that side. So credit must go to Eddie Jones because he's the only person that selects that team. And um, Steve Borthwick. So obviously he... He looks at the forwards, <laughs> and particularly the lineouts. How outstanding was England line, England's lineout against the All Blacks? Well, they called Borthwick the professor of the lineout, the guy yeah. with the PhD when it comes to lineout. And yeah, I mean, there is one lineout that you all have to, even if you don't like rugby, go wherever you can uh, get a, 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 a coverage of it. And it's the the lineout. I think it's one of the first lineouts in the New Zealand Twenty Two. There is so much movement. There is so much detail. Dummy lifts, dummy in and out of the of the lineout. It goes to the middle. They switch, shift, and come around the front and uh, do a front peel. Mm. But the the intricacy of what's going on before that ball goes in is just confusing the opposition. And and it works a treat. But that that's the detail that that Borthwick goes into, and the guys are bought into it. And it's going to be, you know, if England have to beat can can beat some others, a lot of it's going to be down to how well they do in the lineout. Uh, because the strength of the one of the straight, big strengths of the the, the box is the lineout, mm. so you can expect as much detail, smoke and mirrors going on in that lineout against South Africa as you saw against New Zealand. It was wonderful to watch, even as a three-quarter who loves scoring tries. I could actually watch that lineout and go, "Wow, that's some serious thinking." We, we always just think forwards were thick, but yeah, <laughs> I think some backs and three-quarters would struggle with some of those calls in the lineout. Yeah. The third annual Bright Rock Players' Choice Awards brought to you by Bright Rock and My Players. The South African Rugby Players' Organization will be held at the park at Hyde Park on Tuesday the 19th of November 2019. The awards held by players for the players are the only of their kind in South Africa and sees professional rugby players from SA's 14 unions vote for their top players across six award categories. The award ceremony will see professional South African rugby players honour and acknowledge their peers for playing the bounce over the past season. Limited tickets available to the public from Friday the 4th of October from Ticket Pro. Um, Johan, I'm going to throw a curveball to you. Please do. I know you've got your running order and you, you, you're not aware of what's about to happen next. World Breakthrough Player of the Year. This stage. So, 
the three nominees have already been announced. I saw that, yes. Yeah, so we got Herschel Yankees. You got Joe Thokonasiga, the Bath, Bath man who I feel flopped in the World Cup. But um, that's a discussion for another time. Uh, Romain Intermark. Who should be the winner? Who's because your guy? I would go with Intermark. He's, a, he's the kingpin of that French attack. Whereas Herschel, as good as he is, is only a, he's only a bench player. And, and he, you know, he's got some impact when he comes off, but, but the entire game does not revolve around him. So, yeah, Intermark did really well. He, he, he lifted that French team from where they were last year. And I won't say single-handedly, obviously, the rest of the team played, played part of it. But he's, he's a big part of, of where they are now. And where they are now, I don't know if, 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 if that England-France game didn't rain out and they had that one extra game to... I, I don't know. The, the, mm. This French team will be interesting three years from now. So for, so for you, Johan, that award goes to a player that specifically performed at the World Cup. You're but, not looking at the... At the 2019 season, uh, holistically, yeah, who had the biggest impact on his at the team? World Cup. And for the for the entire season, mm. had the biggest impact on his team. And, yeah, and because, I think he, because because France played with Camille Lopez mm. for the majority of the season, going into this uh, into this World Cup, and, and, and then, then they switched it up on us. All of a sudden, and then, yeah, and then all of a sudden everything Inter fired yeah. up. Yeah, all of that. So yes, he's he's had a bigger influence, and then I love Herschel Yankees and what he does. Yeah. Unfortunately, Herschel's hardly played at the World Cup. That's the thing, yeah. yeah. Don't want to take a fuff off. Um, although, yeah, I, what, what do you think this weekend with team selections? Do you think that we might bring in another back? Maybe drop no. Mostert? You don't no. think they'll change that 6-2 no, up? A, the only change I think Rossi's going to have is uh, Cheslin Colby at 14. In play, yeah, he's just coming back to his old position. Yeah, yeah. So basically the team that played against Japan okay. um, should be the one that plays... Uh, this this weekend, and can I, I can I go to young player because I, I think you could do fucking a singer a bit of a disservice there. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> you know, you, you, like Herschel, you can only the opportunities you're given is yeah. you can only provide yeah. and, and show what your what your worth is there. And Thocker hasn't been. Um, uh, selected in the World Cup on a regular basis because Jones has gone the way he has and, it, mm. and that's what selectors do they back Faf as opposed to uh, Herschel and Eddie's gone with Anthony Watson uh, and Johnny May who are the form uh, wingers and have experience whereas uh, Joe's young you know four years time if he carries on the progression route that he is he's going to be some player and I guarantee he'll have a massive impact in France in the next Rugby World Cup but uh, to judge, uh, you know, to call world player, breakthrough player, to judge it just on the World Cup, that's unfair because the guys haven't yeah. had the same opportunities. If it was based on the Rugby World Cup, I, I agree with Johan that uh, Entomac has been sensational. Yeah, uh, if, 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 we, if we look beyond the World Cup, Intermark probably might might fall away. Well, he doesn't. He's played in a magnificent side in Toulouse. They've been yeah. sensational. Mm. They've been playing yeah. some superb rugby, but he's not played fly half. Yeah, <laughs> which then tells you how much talent he's got. Jake Falconer mm. Singer's been a little bit injured. He had a nice autumn last year for England. He's been he got injured during that, so he, he's been sporadic during the domestic season of of eighteen nineteen. Um, and I'm not sure, I've not watched Herschel at all. Herschel's been outstanding with the Stormers. Hmm. In the rugby champs, wow, you, you know, he blew us away. Um, and, you know, the, the, the criteria for this award is you must have played um, a year or less than a year international hmm. rugby. And Herschel has been outstanding up until we got to the World Cup and then they hardly used him. Yeah. It's a pity. It is, but what do you do? Yeah. Um, you say you haven't seen a lot of Herschel. What Herschel does is he's 
almost the complete opposite of fast. I saw the score he tried against New Zealand. <laughs> hey, they're all, they're, that one was a, <laughs> that's a little kick chase. But what he yeah. does is he lifts he lifts the pace. So, okay. so you up the tempo really with with him. Or very little because Faf isn't exactly slow, is he? There's going to be no kicking. He's at that. He's at every single breakdown. He just zips the ball, zips the ball, zips the ball. Yeah, everything is set up. So you, you lift the tempo, and you don't. I don't know if you want that in the last 20 minutes of a final unless you're chasing the game. Yeah. So he's only there for that. If, if it's tight and you still want to do the kick chase, Faf is probably going to play out the 80. Yeah, and um, I believe when Ipolo spoke about the physicality uh, that is awaiting them, do you think that this could probably be one of the most physical finals, World Cup finals, Jan? Well, I haven't played in any, so it's really difficult no, no, to I judge. No, I haven't watched, obviously. <laughs> yes, no, yeah. I, think, I think it will be because this is too, yeah, I mean, uh, from one World Cup to the next, just the size and the physicality of players. So this is the latest new world, and it's two very physical teams. Got really big players, they were chosen because they're big, and they're chosen because they can do these massive clashes, and, and they're going to clash into each other. So, yeah, probably will be. Yes, but that 1995 World Cup final, that... That pack, that all-black pack and that Springbok pack, obviously that was the, the back end of amateur rugby. Mm. But those were two bulls, you know, having a full go at each other. I remember um, uh, guys like uh, Gorbus Visa going up against guys like uh, Robin Brook. And, yeah, that was one of the most physical finals I've seen. Um, out of all the finals, you know, that, 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 I've, that I've watched. I don't know yourself, Jeremy, your thoughts Yeah, I'd that? agree. I'd agree. Uh, I, I think um, in uh, about 95, it was uh, pretty full on. I had a hangover because <laughs> <laughs> of what had happened. We played that dreadful third and fourth playoff, which nobody should be allowed to play. Yeah, We had to play it back then because it was, uh, you meant you didn't have to qualify for the following World Cup. But uh, yeah, that was uh, monumental. I remember watching on TV and going, Whoa. that was um, some battle. And I think I'm not sure we'll get the same impact this, this weekend, purely because South Africa will kick. Mm. So it'll be more of a defensive line. And are England prepared to charge physically into them and go strength to strength, arm wrestle, arm wrestle? Because I, I th probably think uh, South Africa have more sort of man strength. When you look at someone like Vermeulen yeah. against Billy, Billy's mm. a youngster, and I think Vermeulen has more canny man experience strength over him. So I wouldn't go head to head. I just... I just start looking at shoulders and little bits of gaps in arms rather than taking them on man for man. I, I think England have a better kicking game also. I think they've got more options when it comes to kicking. They've got the 10-12 uh, combination. They've got, they've that, got nine, they've mm. got daily, you can boot it. I think they've just got more options with Ford. is very tactical. Uh, Henri Pollard has been brilliant, don't get me wrong, and fast kicking, but I don't think either of your wings are very good kickers mm -hmm. in particular, and uh, Billy's, Billy's just been off the ball. Uh, it, not really it, known not, for that, it, but he's not in form either. But we got France staying on the bench, and you will you will kick. He can. I'm more about the tactical kicking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just, but it comes for these days in this game. Nine and ten are the most prominent yes. in kicking. Uh, on that note, Jeremy, which which combo works better for you? Four at ten, <laughs> Farrell at twelve, and Tulang at thirteen. Or four to ten, Tuilangi twelve, Slade thirty. Okay, it's been a big debate for me in my own head. Um, that since Eddie brought it in, the Ford and Farrell, I've just not, I've not liked it. But it's been successful. Mm. The reason I haven't liked it is because I put myself at thirteen, and I don't want to play inside two slow players because they are, you know, I can run backwards quicker than they can run forwards. Mm. They really are slow, and it brings the defence on you. So if I know I'm, if I'm defending against Ford and Farrell, they can't run anywhere because they're not quick enough. So sure. I, can, I can put my attention, one person on the council like those two, and go straight for the outside backs. So that's why I haven't liked it. But in today's game, it's proved incredibly successful. 
Look at the, New Zealand have always always seemed to play with a, they call it the five eight and second mm. five eight. It, it comes from a long long time ago. Um, New Zealand have moved slightly away from that. If I look at the success of the Lions against the um, Kiwis, mm. that was with Ford, uh, Farrell, uh, and Sexton to fly halves yeah. play, and Eddie thought that combination would work against um, New Zealand, and it did. Uh, it worked when they went to Australia and whitewashed them also. So, yeah, I've been in and out of it, but the, the, the facts are it's been successful. It's won a series in Australia, it's won a, a Grand Slam, and now it's progressing nicely through the Rugby World Cup. And it's difficult. I mean, everybody was surprised Ford was left out at that quarterfinal hmm. because he'd been playing so well. But then the professionalism of the guy steps into that semi-final hmm. and then produces well, uh, arguably a man-of-the-match performance. So... Difficult to leave players like that out. And for me now, I have to embrace it because it's been successful. I mean, I'd love to attack it because I think it's it's vulnerable, as we'll see on Saturday. Sure. But they have somehow managed to make it work. And not just work, they made it work very well. And, uh, Johan, just quickly. So, um, Eddie Jones went for Tuilangi at 12 against Australia. Yes. I suspect because of the threat of Karevi. Uh, now, you've got Damien Dialindi who not the most popular player in South Africa, but very effective at this World Cup. Yes. Very effective with, with Russi's game plan. Probably the most, the most on-form player the Springboks yes. have at the moment. So, so the threat of Karevi is he is a menacing ball carrier. He goes over the advantage line. Mm. He's able to offload and everything. Damien Dialindi, same story. He's carrying a lot of ball. He's also effective on defense. Now... Is that a threat, do you think, going for um, uh, um, uh, against, against England? Yeah. And the reason why I'm, I asked Jeremy initially uh, just now is because the reason why they went for Tulanga is probably because of Karevi. Mm. Now, would they consider doing something similar because of Damien Dialendi? I don't think they will. I think they'll stick, they'll stick with the team that played in the semis because you can see it the other way around. At 13, we're going to play Lukanyu Arm, who isn't that strong in one-on-one defence. He's a great defensive organiser, but not that strong in one-on-one. And if you can get to Ilangi running on him, you know, you've got that little advantage there. You can, you can take that physical battle, that, just that one channel mm-hmm. wider. So what you, what you maybe give up on, the, on defence, you, you can gain on the outside. So... Yeah, it's a, it's a trade-off. You have to decide how you want to play this game. I, I, I'm with Jeremy. I think the, the formula they have now, whether you like it or not, is working. And it shapes up interesting with how the South African backline, man for man, compares to what they have. I think what James will look at also is uh, Ford. His tackling was pretty successful against the All Blacks. OK, you're not playing a Karevi or Delonde there, but he's, he got in the way. They weren't punishing tackles he, he, he got in the way and he was a little bit of a speed bump but he held on and slowed them down uh, also you have to take into the fact that Ford was part of this English side that came here last June mm. and was part of that attacking structure that is particularly in that first game in, in Joburg was it mm. three, three Park, tries yeah. or four tries in the first uh, 24, 30 minutes 24-3 yeah, after mean, 20 and, yeah. and that's so he, he has that understanding okay he got dropped for the last test in Cape Town where, where they won but you're still part of the squad I, I find it really difficult to drop players who are in form. Mm. Or, under, sorry, understand how you can drop a player in form. Now, Eddie... Or on, change their role according to Eddie. Well, well <laughs> yes. Yeah, call it, <laughs> rugby according to Eddie Jones. Yeah. Um, but when it works, it works. It's when we, we will criticise it if it doesn't. So I don't think England 
are any weaker one way or the other. I, I think they've worked both combinations because if you've got Slade and Farrell together, you've got two good kickers. Mm. If you've got Ford and Farrell, the difference with Ford and Farrell as opposed to Farrell and Slade is the sinking and understanding of Ford and Farrell. They've played to get rugby together since they were sort of 16, 17 years of age. They know each other inside out. And when you come to a final, it's great to have the experience and understanding that you can sense, rather, you don't have to see someone, you can sense somebody. And that gives you a lot of comfort and a lot of confidence. Mm. Um, but will we be surprised if Eddie goes the other way from the semi-final combinations? I don't think we will. We'll just go, well, that's what Eddie can do. Um, uh, and I don't think, it, as I say, it doesn't make England any lesser, any lesser proposition to face. Mm, and, uh, oh, man, Slade's performance in that quarterfinal against Australia, outstanding. That little grubber kick yeah. uh, where Johnny May... Um, picked it up and scored his second try in the game. Yeah, he had a couple of hailers as well. Yeah. I mean, even when he came in on the as substitute against New Zealand, I, I always find this funny when a when a back. I mean, he's six foot one, six foot two. He's got to be, I guess, ninety five kg, maybe a bit more. And he runs into Ardi Surveyor mm. and somebody else. I can't remember who it was. I said, "What kind of brain freeze do you have <laughs> to want to do that?" I mean, you've got to be absolutely nuts. And of course, Ardi's tackles him, puts him down, releases and gets the turnover. That's really frustrates me when I, you see an intelligent rugby player do something as silly as that. And that you don't want to do that against the box because they're, they're stronger than the All Blacks. You, you're raising another point here, Jeremy. So when I was watching England against the All Blacks, I was already in my mind thinking, OK, um, imagine if England play exactly like this against the box. Is, is Owen Farrell not taking too much contact? Especially with the role that, we, that you would want Farrell to, to... He's the goal kicker, et cetera, et cetera. He had a head knock, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. um, in, in that game. And George Ford had to end up kicking yeah, a goal. No, he got dead leg. Yeah, yeah. So is he not taking too much contact in the game? No, if you look at his tackling stats, he's not great. He's not great at defense. No, I'm talking about when, when but, you guys but, are attacking. Yeah, but in, yeah. in, uh, in attack, um, we're talking about his overall, how busy is he? So his captain, I don't think captains are very busy these days in terms of locks done by the head coach. It, he's a key decision maker, whether he plays at 10 or whether he plays at 12, because he's captain and he has some influence. They seem to gravitate towards Owen. Oh, listen to his, his chats with interviews after mm. the game. He's very straight. There's nothing flamboyant about him. He's just straight to the mark, isn't he? Yeah, mm. I think he finds it quite boring. I remember Martin Johnson being interviewed. You'd hate to interview him because he knows he's just going to talk straight. He's not going to elaborate on too much. So it's great to have as a captain. I, d I think he relishes the responsibility. He's not always been calm. I've seen a couple of incidents off camera yeah. uh, off the, on, in rugby games where he's just a little bit loose. You can rile him, you can unsettle him, but I think he's got more. I think he's got more settled with the more experience and responsibility that Eddie Jones has given him. But he's a standout player. Mm. Okay, uh, now as we do in each episode, we listen to a snippet from halftime chat with Siv Ngesi, and this week he is in conversation with former Blitzbox coach Paul True. Sometimes I watch you on the sideline. It's like rugby, you see it in slow motion and differently to many of us. So a lot of us just see collisions, scram, pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball. Do you ever get a chance just to enjoy rugby without seeing five meters that way, that's a scrum, that takes that, that, that's eight yeah, men. But yeah, yeah. Like, it's the same as me watching a film sometimes. I'm always like, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. Do you still have a chance to enjoy rugby? 
I think it's uh, um, it is difficult because I'm very analytical, and I think and I think uh, <laughs> that's what I mean. Analytical. Yeah. Analytical is the word. Yeah. Thank you, for, thank you, English gods. <laughs> thank you. And I think when you're a coach, you always you know look through that lens. Mm. It you know when you're watching sport, and especially when you're watching rugby. Mm. And but lately, I mean, I think I've also come to in, enjoy. Mm. Uh, I think you know the finer things in life, and also when it comes to sport, and just to try to relax and not to to analyze too much, you know, but. Um, so, so basically, what I do now is I just go to a game and I watch it. And even though I like that now, I like the World Cup, you know, I would download the games afterwards, and then I will I know, do my analysis. The times, yeah, I, I, I'm struggling with the times. <laughs> twelve o'clock during the day. What are you doing at twelve watching rugby? But it's difficult. It, it is difficult. Mm. But I mean, you get used to it. And I think um, once you're a coach, you know, you're always going to be a coach. And then it's like almost and, and coming, you know, from the teaching from a teaching background as well. I think you know that also you know makes the change a little bit easier. Mm. So because you come from teaching, my mother comes from teaching. Uh, Thirty years as a, as a principal, is it not difficult to, to look at the people that you coach as students? Or sometimes you have to look at them as part of the team. No, I think I think it's the it's the if you understand learning how learning occurs in and teaching methodology and coaching methodology, it becomes easier because the, it, there's a lot of transfer, you know, between different you know uh, uh, codes and between business and sport. And I think you know those are the kind of things. If you understand the principle of learning, uh, it becomes easy because you you know how people learn in a certain yeah, way, yeah. and you know you're connecting the dots, Agreed. and you're looking for certain behavior. If you're very principle-based, you understand that things are run according to a system, then mm -hmm. it becomes easier. Okay, interesting thoughts from Paul True, obviously mentioning the fact that um, he comes from a teaching background. Um, obviously, um, another interesting thing is so many former coaches um, that won the World Cup are also were also teachers, like Jake White, Graham Henry, uh, Eddie Jones. Yeah, well, my mum was a teacher. Uh, she, she, she taught for, for many years uh, and the strange fact is uh, I don't really like teachers I love my mum <laughs> I love my mum but uh, I got expelled from school so for whatever reasons I, I didn't get on with teachers but mm. it's um, yeah I, I, it's not lost on me that so many good coaches uh, come from a teaching background but I mean over time that's going to change yeah let's get back to the World Cup final Johan what do you think is the biggest matchup of this final okay for me it will be about the two tight fives in the last 20 minutes i think if there's any advantage for south africa i think the two will cancel each other line out and scrum for the first hour or at least be competitive and then when that second tight five comes on how england can compete with that how they handle that because if it's still a game by then you bring on that second tight five and you've got someone like Franz stain who can do that drop goals for you from 50 meters out then the dynamic changes in the game. Um, that's potentially the, the matchup of the game. I think to start with, the two, the two Lustrias are going to yeah. be interesting to watch. You've got mm -hmm. a very different setups there and, and they'll compete in very different ways at every breakdown. Uh, I don't know what you guys think about it. You know, it's, it, uh, uh, it's quite interesting how um, uh, Steve Hansen picked Scott Barrett uh, as a blindside flank in that game, mm. obviously making that change, uh, you know, out of out of the blue. Obviously thinking ball carrying, line outs, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and that bombed. Mm. He actually subbed him at after. Um, so it it, it 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 always comes back to not making huge changes in the big games. Um, so from your side, Jeremy, how do you how do you see this 
this matchup coming along uh, between the two loose geos? Oh, it's so difficult to be impartial and, and be neutral. Well, don't be there. Yeah. <laughs> Just be English. Uh, on form, England have, have the game. There's nothing that I don't, I don't think I've seen from South Africa that, that worries me. Uh, the shape and attack is non-existent. It is a pass out and it's a carry and it's a smash. It's a pass out, it's a carry and a smash. Okay, they scored tries in their games. They, they scored seven, I think, against Italy, but Italy had a player sent off, so it became a bit of a mismatch in the end. Mm. Uh, on rare instances that we see... So the try, for instance, that South Africa scored against um, uh, Wales. I mean, it, it came from a mistake almost. Even Henri at, at 10 has got so bored of just kicking the ball. It's kind of like, mm. he's almost thrown his hands up in the air and, and gone, bugger this, I'm taking the ball in. And he's charged in, got tackled, the forwards have gone over. In, in that time, he somehow managed to get back out and he receives the ball again, passes it to Damien, who then goes, looks left, look right, there's nothing here. Oh, I better try and run to the try line and, and breaks three tackles and scores. And that's the only time South Africa looked like scoring a try. I mean, mm. Do you not agree? You, you know, know, what that I, reminded me of, there was like a kiddies party. You have a beer in your hand <laughs> and there's five little kids around you. You just have to fend them off and so, make it to so the trailer. So I look at it and go, uh, what chances does South Africa have? What have they shown? I mean, uh, again, I, I've, I've rewatched the New Zealand South Africa game just to give me some pointers. Yeah. And South Africa played most of the rugby against New Zealand. It was just a couple of lapses mentally where the cross kick yeah. to Savi Reese, he, he stepped yes, inside Mapimpi. Uh, yeah. no, it wasn't even a good kick. No, no, no in terms of uh, South Africa's defence was literally in the face of Richie Mwunga uh, when he kicked the ball. But, the, okay, uh, I, I didn't see it that way. Yeah. I just thought it was a loose kick. It almost was mishit. Uh, Reese steps inside Mapimpi. Um, uh, there was a suspect forward pass from there on to uh, Surveyor. And, but that was New Zealand. As soon as they get a sniff, they were in. Yeah. Leonard Brown cuts in for the, for the other one. Misses, you know, South Africa missed three tri uh, tackles. I mean, it was just mentally Soft moments, loose. all of them, yeah. But those lose you games at this level. And if South Africa do that in the final, they will lose a game. So, getting back... Jeremy, yeah. do you think Rashi's hiding anything? Because no, you they... can't hide anything in that team. <laughs> There's nothing to hide. They're big, they're strong, they smash, they grab. There's nothing. Kobe... This is, uh, this is a team that last year in Wellington scored, what was it, seven tries against the All Blacks in Wellington. They can't be that bad. No, but it was uh, All Blacks' mistakes. Mm. Jordy Barrett had a brain fart and threw the ball in from outside, uh, wanting to throw a quick take throw no, in. Take nothing away from a side that beats New Zealand. I totally agree mm. with Johan. They have it in them, but they've not shown it in this competition. So what my fear, if I had one fear for England playing South Africa, is that they went 12 points ahead in 15 minutes. Mm. And then South Africa have to change. Yeah. And then we will see the rugby that, that enables... That is exactly to what I told you. Yeah. That's when we'll see South Africa change shape. Um, um, and, and that would, I would, be, I would fear that. But the, here's the thing for me. I think England have changed so much since their two test defeat uh, over here last mm. June. I think England have changed and I, I think South Africa have retracted. I, I, and if I was going to be kind of spiritual, I would say it's not South Africa's time. South Africa, I think, will be very good in four years' time. But Razzie's had 18 months, two years. He's not had enough time with this team yet to, to 
to make them great. I think in four more years he could if he decides to stay as head coach and not go back to uh, just doing one job as director mm, of rugby. Okay. Eddie's been here four years and it, he's built this team into what I think can be a World Cup winning side. And it's not to say South Africa, hey, I'm not saying South Africa cannot win this. Of course they can. And it's not all about being spiritual. But if I was to be, that's what I think. Yeah, I, and we, I, we, I want to be biased as yeah. well because now that we've given him <laughs> the opportunity to be, jump in after if you. you can, I think, I think I see it differently from a South African no, point of really? view. <laughs> in that if you, if you take the June series last year yeah. and those easy tries you scored out wide against us. Yeah, at altitude, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, but, but in, we were in, really in, in vulnerable. We yeah. were really vulnerable out wide and we've yeah. changed that. Back then we had the 13 shooting up. Oh, Wales didn't get outside South Africa at all, did they? Uh, they did at one. It was a scrum move that, yeah, yeah. Dan Bigger's execution yeah. was terrible. I yeah. think, yes, look, look, there's proof that South Africa are vulnerable on the wings because yeah. of their defence. But anyway, sorry, Johan, I interrupted. It's different, though. It's not as easy as, as it was back then. We only got two guys back now. The open side of the yeah, wing will always come up. Wingers as well. Yeah, so yeah, we, I, uh, I agree. Johan, we can beat England. Of course, of course you can. Johan, we can beat England for, for two reasons. Mm-hmm. First of all, we're not going to be loose in the line-out like All Blacks, mm-hmm. like the All Blacks were. Peter Steph de Toy is there for a bloody reason, okay? A b- literary bloody reason. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 19 tackles against Wales, you know. Mm. If, if we can dominate them physically, physically, I'm talking about at the line. How does that happen? It, 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 it happens by you by you smashing the opposition backwards and then, and, and, and also and also and also compete, like competing did. and also competing in the rucks and slowing their balls down etc etc mm-hmm. and, and and we've got an ugly game plan i need another i need somebody else here it's two against one <laughs> <laughs> we've got an ugly game plan jeremy yon we've got an ugly game plan it's messy i i i just don't like it but it is it can be effective because the way that we play is we play because we're scared, scared, I put this in inverted commas, to make mistakes. And we wait for the opposition to see what they're going to do. We, 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 we kick box kicks and sometimes we compete well, sometimes we don't. And, 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 and what is key from a Springbok point of view is the way that they make their tackles close to the game line, smashing the opposition backwards, uh, 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 set pieces, gold. We've, we've literally only lost one line out. Can we, can we give, can we, I think we all agree, we can, give, we, we can give both coaches a massive respect for the way that they brought these teams to, to where they are in the Rugby World Cup. Razzie took over a team that was on its feet, yeah. Yeah, As, yeah. you know, it was on its knees. Ranked rank number seventh or eighth, but I think, in the world. Yeah. games, I mean, they got thrashed by New Zealand, 50-odd points. They it, lost, they to, lost Italy. to Italy. Yeah. Uh, their, their, to their, their win percentage, no, this, but this is when he's taken over. After he's taken, So what South Africa went through before Razzie took over? This was a team that was low on confidence, was going nowhere. He brings Colossi in as captain. There were 11 black players out of the 23 that started the test matches against England, the first test match against Johannesburg. So he's united the players. He's hopefully united the country in supporting, in supporting that side. And now they've gone to a 2019 rugby season where they've, I think they played 11, won nine, lost one, drawn one. Uh, Eddie has brought England into this World Cup. And I said, as Kwanda touched on, that... I didn't rate England's chances, and I didn't rate their chances because of their performances in the Six Nations. They lost uh, to Wales. They drew against Scotland, having been 30-odd points up. They had an indifferent warm-up series, but they've come into this World Cup, and Eddie selected the right team to do the job at the right time. Now, 
Razzie's going to stick to his guns. He's going to tell his team to go out there and play the way they've played that's gotten them to the World Cup, and rightly yeah. so. Yeah. With England, I think they just bring the same intensity as, as they have done in the quarterfinal and the semifinal, and we will get a humdinger of the match and may the best team win. As long as it's England, and and I will add on to that with one positive thing for for England, especially for the young uh, Curry, open side flanker for for England. His watershed moment in this World Cup was against the Wallabies, hmm. playing against David Pocock and Michael Hooper, and he raised up his hand big time. I think that's the day that he actually announced himself as a world class. Open side but it's yin and yang, those two. So yeah. they do come as a pairing. Underhill does most of the tackling. Sure. Curry does most of the carrying. So it's a good combination. We all and Curry, we see, do the odd jackal. So mm. from that point of view, we go, oh, he's doing loads of tackling. Mm. But you look at the stats, yeah. he carries so much more than Underhill, and Underhill tackles mm. so much more than Curry. And, 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 and Tom Curry ended up man of the match. Mm -hmm. um, let's move. Let's, we're, let's, we're not scared of that, though, because we, we've uh, outsmarted uh, the the pooper combination quite a few times as well. We we used to the two jackal setup, but uh, we've played against this England side in Twickenham. Mm. this in, last year. I remember this England side in Twickenham, and and we we we, we just lost the game. Uh, uh, Shield Shield started against South Africa. Did you? Yeah, at, uh, in, in, in November. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I. I, played I, ten, I, I, I would throw my statement though. Curry played. <laughs> Curry played, and obviously that Oren Farrell shoulder tackle. But let's. But we can't speak. We can't speak about it. that. Can't man. help it, boys. <laughs> <laughs> this I, is so that what the, another good line is yeah. that, that, that the past doesn't dictate the future, but it's nice to talk about it because it brings up emotion and and, and huge talking points. Mm. And um, yeah, I was very sour after that England <laughs> game. And I think that we're going to revenge for that. But anyway, uh, Johan? Jerome Gosses. Jerome Gosses. We've got, we've got to mention oh the ref. Gosh. Oh, we, we were, we were hating we, on French refs. We've got a better record with him. you got a better record yes. than us. Yeah, with Gosses. Yeah. I yeah. Think we've got but we, we've lost so many times yes. under him that yeah. we know him better than you guys do. He <laughs> 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 penalised us in every possible way. So. 1-5 yes. out of 15 with Gosses. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway. May it continue. Who said that? Uh, your favourite <laughs> Rugby World Cup final subplot, Jan. Obviously, there's uh, the 2007 rematch we've spoken about. Eddie Jones um, looking for his own gold medal as a head coach. Yes. Um, Bok chasing three out of three in the finals. Franz Steyn hoping to be the next Os Durant. My favourite subplot is the, the one that we've been talking about the entire in the build-up to this, in that every 12 years we win a World Cup. And you know that's it's it's written in the stars. I don't know. England will talk tactics and all those kind of things. They did twelve years Always ago as well. We play the British and, Irish and and when the cheetahs beat the lions, you know. So we're getting all spiritual now as well. <laughs> but the signs are all there. You've it's spirited me. I'll, I'll concede. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think for us to 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 never have lost a final will will mean something. The same as it does for the Bulls and Super Rugby. If certain teams just tend to be able to handle. They've got the culture that handles those pressure moments well. Um, now, I'm not saying England doesn't, but you know, if you've got a pedigree in finals, you've never lost one, you know, there's maybe a reason for that. And I'm hoping it comes through again. For, for, for me, guys, I, uh, the, the, the sense of the occasion. Siakolisi leading this team. Hmm. How much will that mean for the entire country? Now, we've, we've been told that um, the... The, the other broadcaster is also going to show the game. Mm. So there's going to be more eyeballs to the, to, to, to the final. 
and just what 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 this occasion is going to mean for every South African, um, even kids that come from you know disadvantaged areas. Uh, who might not know a lot about rugby. Can watch no, and associate with Finally, this team. we'll get a chance to watch. And, and associate. And they can associate because mm. they're seeing someone uh, who, when they get told that that person's story, mm. is exactly coming from what they came from or what they're coming from. And to be in that final and to lift up that trophy will be something, will be something huge for this country. My subplot would be the referee. I really do feel that Garces is, and the French as a, as a whole have not had a great World Cup mm. campaign as, as referees. Yeah. They have been criticised. And I hope he can lay that to, to, to bed and that he isn't overly unnecessarily influential in this I think I, I, that, that's what I suspect will happen and that is a slight worry for South Africa in that Referees tend to in finals not want to influence the game, so they'll they'll reset a scrum instead of giving a penalty, and they'll allow things to happen at the breakdown to get I'm to get the game that to flow. Both sides play in such a manner that he isn't allowed to influence it. I mm. want I love them to perfect. Be, no, that, that would that, be the perfect let scenario. Be clean in what they do and what they apply, so the referee and even we could have referee it, and we don't have to give those French referees. Any grief, to, uh, any to, further? Yeah, no more grief, but hard decisions to make. Mm. I mean, uh, was it? Gar says, in, did he do the New Zealand South Africa yeah, game? Yeah, he did. Well, he should have Simbin Mapimpi. He was on mm. his way to yellow card. Oh, yeah. Somewhere in the discussion, he forgot about the yellow card. <laughs> so, yeah, let's keep it clean. Don't yeah. give him too much to think about. I'm worried about Garces, especially uh, in the rucks. He's a bit loose in the rucks, in the way he polices rucks, yeah. especially with guys coming in from the side, uh, clearing rucks from the that, side. That's the advantage of South Africa, isn't it? Because England is so honest. That's is true. that so? <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my worry is, what if, what if we're right and, and it doesn't give any penalties? We get our wish. Where do, we get, where, where do South Africa get our points from? That, that's our worry. There's a one time, Johan, in that semi, where he called for a penalty mm. and then he changed and it to a dropped, scrum. dropped his arm. Yeah. And I was like, okay, Gus says, what's happening now? You know, that has nothing to do with English. Or, that, this is or, a cramp in your arm. This is not, <laughs> yeah, but should either, have been three points. Either than, either than that one moment. I think I think that he did uh, um, he did quite well. Can I do a final subplot? Scrums, Jeremy. That that is South Africa's biggest strong point. That it took us three scrums against Wales, who has a really good strong front row. Right? has done bloody well. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think if England were to their normally strong scrum, if they were to lose that foundation, how would that influence them? Yeah, I don't think they will. Uh, if they were to, it would yeah have a huge mental impact on them. But I think the front five, I, I think they're evenly matched in, in that set piece and and as forwards. I just think it is a very, you'd be a brave man to say that's Springbok Pack is going to dominate the English. Much brave, the other much braver man than me. I can't yeah. say that either. Thank you very much, gentlemen, Jan, uh, Jeremy. Thank Pleasure. you very much Enjoyed for coming it. through. Uh, it's competition time again, and we've got. Castle supporters jerseys to give away because it's World Cup final week we are giving away eight jerseys and all you have to do is tell us uh, what did Jeremy say was the main reason why England lost the 1991 World Cup final against Australia send us your answers uh, via WhatsApp uh, 060-921-6977 and also remember to include your name and surname for T's and C's go to uh, this episode's 
outline on uh, Iono FM channel or the episode page on supersport.com. Thank you very much. Cheers.